Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. And tonight, it's just me and George. Uh, you can follow George on Twitter at jmonsays90. George, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Glad to be here. As always, aren't we all? Now, tonight is episode 21. How fitting, because by the time you listen to this, it's going to be the 21st or maybe later. And it's also my birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday to me. Happy um, birthday. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And how do I spend it? By giving fantasy baseball information out to people. Wouldn't spend it any other way. Now, in all seriousness, obviously, we're going to uh, do another episode tonight. And uh, we're going to talk about waiver, a little bit of waiver wire, some ad drops that we're making, um, some buy low, sell high options. And a little bit of a, are you buying some of these hot uh, hot hitters and pitchers over the last month? So we'll go ahead and get started. I guess we can start with waiver wire. Who are some guys that you're looking to add right now? Uh, yeah, so a couple guys I'm just, you know, checking, uh, see if they're available. Um, first one, Malik Smith. He made his return to the uh, Seattle Mariners this past week. Um, so, I mean, we all, we all know you know, the, the steals potential there, um, you know, and then la- last year he did, he had a great year with Tampa Bay hitting 296, stole 40 bases. So, um, yeah, he didn't get off to a great, the greatest start. So he, he was sent down uh, since his, since his demotion, he had been hitting uh, 333 with seven steals in 10 games. Uh, so now he's back, back with the Mariners. And I mean, he's someone who pro- probably shouldn't have been dropped in Roto Leagues just because you're not going to find that steals potential. You, it doesn't matter who you drop them for. They're probably not going to have a potential to steal 40 bases like Malik's does. So he's back uh, in the Mariners lineup. Uh, so if he's available out there in, in Roto Leagues especially, uh, he should be picked up. Right now he's only owned in 41% of Yahoo Leagues. Uh, my first guy, i am been trying to scour the waivers for, but he's not available in any of my leagues, but he is available – in a good majority of Yahoo leagues, he's only owning 54% of the leagues as Jose Leclerc. He's been dropped everywhere. Like, obviously, he was a pretty much a universally owned guy coming into the year, and he struggled, and he's been really effective lately. I mean, over the last two weeks, seven innings pitched, 13 Ks, 1.29 ERA, 0.71 whip. Last week, seven Ks over three innings, no, run, no ERA, no whip. It looks like he's getting his groove back a little bit. And I think I read today somewhere that he's – going to be getting that closer gig back sooner than later. So, I mean, now's the time that he – I mean, like I said, he's readily available. Go out and get him. And if and there still might be a buy low window there for you because some people might not be up to date on the news or whatnot. Maybe you could sneak in a last minute little grab him while he's uh, – before he gets a spot back. But regardless, yeah. like I said, he's, he's readily available in a lot of leagues. He's a guy that if you're, again, scouring for saves, probably the top name I'd be going for. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good call. Maybe you can get him in, in as a, like a throw in in a trade or uh, yeah, if he's, if he's out there, um, he's going to, I know the Rangers do want him to be the closer. They did sign him to a long term deal. And I mean, Sean Kelly's on the DL apparently, which I did not know that. <laughs> I follow him. Yeah, see, I don't even know. He's been on the IL for, or sorry, IL for like a week and a half. See, I don't, I don't follow the closer situation because I just I I didn't bother. I just knew that Leclerc was gonna get a shot sooner than later, and I held I held on tight to my shares. But a lot of people aren't so uh, patient, and again, only fifty four percent Yahoo leagues. So, um, another guy that I've 
recently put in a few bids on and got relatively cheap or free was uh, Kingery because he's back. He was activated from the IL. He didn't start tonight. But he did start yesterday, had a steal. And I think the appeal for me is the position eligibility between third base, shortstop, and outfield. This is more of a deeper league guy. I mean, he's owning 31% of the league. So, but he's not guaranteed every day playing time. But the power speed uh, combinations obviously uh, appealing. And he's been, you know, he's hitting 400 on the year or a tad under at this point with two steals, two, uh, two home runs, missed most of the year so far, or feels like most of the year with that injury of his. So, I don't know. I think he's somebody worth a look if you're looking for a little bit of speed power combination with positional flexibility. He does have some 12 team mix appeal, but I'd say deeper roto formats, not as much in points maybe or shallower leagues. Cause again, not every, not, it doesn't seem to be an everyday guy at, at the moment. Yeah, I agree. And with, especially with that positional flexibility, uh, you know, in daily leagues, daily roto leagues is probably the ideal, um, ideal format where you, he, he would be picked up in. Yeah, definitely. Is yeah, there another, another guy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, another guy that uh, just picked up, you know, second base eligibility, uh, Nicky Lopez. He was part of that group of call-ups last week. Uh, probably, you know, the lesser known of, of all the call-ups. Right now he's only owned in 15% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, you know, just the more I, I look at him, you know, the more I really like his profile. He's, you know, been batting second. Uh, you know, he's got excellent plate discipline, only struck out 3.6% of the time uh, in the minors or this uh, this season. Uh, so, you know, he's already come up and, you know, he's hitting for a good average. He's in a prime spot in the lineup uh, in between Merrifield and Mondesi. So, you know, if he's in, if he's there, even, you know, even in points leagues, I think he's going to get on base enough. I think he's going to run enough as aggressive as they are. Uh, so, I, uh, you know, Nicky Lopez, if, if he's out there, he's got that second base and shortstop eligibility. I, I'd be picking him up, even in 12-team leagues. Yeah, and I'm with you on that one. I, I've been – I feel like I might have gotten wrong because last episode, I've since flip-flopped. Obviously, I was big on Mercado over Nicky Lopez. Now, Lopez feels like the more sure thing. But that leads me into the Mercado thing is I'm still not giving up hope on him. I almost dropped him everywhere. I was really close. I was about to just take the L. Because I was reading that he was going to be on a weak side of a platoon, and there's a chance he gets sent down for some for whatever reason. There's a chance he was going to get sent down, even though they have no outfield. But then he played tonight, which again he started tonight, but tonight was against the lefty. But the encouraging thing was he started yesterday's game as well, and that was against a righty. So maybe they changed their mind. Maybe they're going to let him have a little bit of a a shot at it. Now I know he did get caught stealing the other day, but at least he ran. And yeah. He's like again. He's another one of those guys that it was the steals that were really intriguing, that were really something that I, the biggest reason why I was going after him. So, I think I'm holding on to my few shares of him. I he's very very fringe twelve team, definitely fifteen team and deeper, no doubt. As far as mixed leagues go, obviously AL only. Anybody with a pulse gets picked up there. He's very fringe twelve team, and it has to be a deeper twelve team, one with your you know your five outfielder type of twelve teamers, not your three outfielders. In three outfield leagues, he's not really rosterable. And that's, 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 that takes a lot for me to say because anybody who knows me knows I love me some Macrano. But I think he's going to be relevant. Like I said, I was really close to dropping him. So, yeah, I mean, and that, I mean, that, I mean that, that's as much as, as far as it goes for hitters. I mean, Vogelbach for me at least. Yeah, there's a lot, he's the last guy that I, I'm guilty. I actually was one of the guys going around dropping him because I was like, well, he's done. Oh, no, he's not. Apparently, yeah. I think 
feel like he's going to be more of a streakier hitter at this point. He's he's back he's back on his dong streak of like three three straight games it feels like or something like that. He's just hitting home runs again. Um, the problem is is at least for my teams I've been very fortunate, and I don't really have a need for power. But if you do, he's available in I think close to fifty percent of leagues still. He's only owned about fifty percent of Yahoo leagues, and if you really need some added power to your lineup. You could do way worse because the dude, when he hits him, he he gets on. It looks like he gets on a run, and just keeps hitting him. When he's yeah, he looks like he's going to be you know one of those streaky hitters that you know home runs are going to come in bunches. And sometimes it's not a bad thing. And again, some teams, even though power is up across the board, you have to keep up with everybody else's uh, uptick in power. And this is a, probably a good guy to go after. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to you know ride ride that wave. You know, once a hitter gets on a streak like that. You have any more uh, hitters though that uh, you've been somewhat adding here and there and whatnot? Yeah, you know, in a lot of my leagues, I just I'm not someone who you know likes to draft catchers um, early, um, like at least like you know in the first ten rounds. Uh, so, you know, uh, one guy out there, uh, Jason Castro, you know, with the with the Mitch Garver injury right now, um, you know, so Ca- Castro should be getting the he's you know getting the bulk of the work. Now, you know, he's his profile, you know, he walks 15% of the time. He's got a 370 OBP um, with uh, seven home runs. So, you know, Castro, if you need to stream a catcher, uh, you know, he's he can be picked up right now. Uh, really, if you don't have, like, one of the top five, six catchers, you should be streaming anyways, uh, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I've been very fortunate. This year is one of those years, like, I, I, I'm usually with you. I usually don't touch catcher. But I've had catcher – I had catchers falling to me – Mostly right around that ten, that tenth round, but as far as the twelfth round, I'm talking about the, uh, the Wilson Ramoses of the world, which he's not. But he, I don't think he's been great. I honestly haven't been following him that much, all things considered. But nonetheless, I mean, I've been. I, I have a lot of Contreras, a lot of Grandal, a lot of um, Navar, Narvaez. I can never say his name, and I've just been very lucky with those guys. I mean, Ramos is still. Roughly a top, I think a top twelve, top fifteen catcher. I'm just looking up the ranks real quick. So he's yeah. been a little bit of a disappointment considering the catcher landscape. But these guys this year, for the first time, I found value in where I was getting the catchers. So I didn't miss out, and I've been riding this. I've been riding the decent catchers. But dude, you, you're not kidding. Catcher is a dumpster fire. You Castro is the hot hand right now. He's he's smacking. You just ride yeah. him. Just ride him until, yeah. the, next, <laughs> until the next catcher gets uh gets going. Right. So I was someone, you know, I was getting, you know, wait, I was just waiting on, you know, Wellington Castillo, Danny Jensen, and, you know, both of those guys have just been, you know, terrible. Um, yeah, Jensen's terrible. Actually someone who I just picked up again, you know, cause he actually just hit his first two home runs of the season over the last few days. So, you know, it's just like, you know, as soon as these guys show signs of life, you, you got to pick them right back up. But you know, I've streamed, you know, I've used James McCann. I picked up James McCann, who I'm, I'm still holding in a lot of places. Um, you know, uh, Mitch Garver, now, you know, Jason Castro. Um, so, you know, he's he's just another one of those guys, another one of that batch of catchers that, that you stream. Yeah. I mean, again, this is the first year I haven't had to stream catchers, and it's it's been absolutely amazing. I mean, Al, like I said, I have, I have, no, I have one real Muto chair because it was a very shallow league, so I targeted – Difference makers like I even got Edwin Diaz, who another guy that I just wasn't really going after because of where he was going in drafts. But other than shallow leagues where I wanted difference makers at you know shallow positions at the time, 
I have I got all those mid tier guys that were falling to the mid one twenty picks, roughly mid one twenties, one thirties. Yeah. And again, I'm just fortunate because I can't say it was skill, just I happened to find value in those guys. I was like, you know what? I'm not really I wasn't really missing on anything to take them where I got them. At least I didn't feel like I was at the time. But regardless, we can move on. I'm not here to brag. It really wasn't more <laughs> wasn't I wasn't trying to brag. It was just more of like a I'm shocked at my dumb luck because I usually don't have it this, uh, typically. But <laughs> A couple uh, – what as far as pitchers go, because there's always a – I feel like there's always hitters on the waiver wire, but pitchers, this year's been just a rough year. But nonetheless, a guy that I've been adding and that I've had in a couple leagues and I've added recently is Tyler Molly. This guy, I mean, I feel like he's been around forever. He's only 24 years old, and I think people forget that. And to be completely honest, I haven't really dove deep into him as far as, like, is there a pitch mix change or anything. But just looking at some of his, like, some of his numbers, you know, you have – he started nine games this year. He only – he has one win and five losses. So, the one – so, his numbers are being dragged down because of that. But his K per nine is up from last year, almost a full K per nine as far as uh, from 8.84 to 9.47. His walks per nine, that's the biggest change from 4.26 last year to 1.93. That's huge. Almost yeah. home, runs per, home runs per nine are down. His BABIP well, – we'll go back to BABIP, but – if you look at his his ERA is three point five one, which is solid in today's climate. I will take that all day, and that's with a three eleven BABIP as a pitcher. Yeah, and you look at his his uh, his FIP and XFIP. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, it looks you know it, there's even some more room for for some uh, downward regression there. It's it's minimal, obviously, but at the very least, it's showing that his three point five ERA is uh, sustainable because his FIP is only three point four seven. And his XFIP is 3.26. So it's showing that it's clo- – I mean, when it's that close, I take it. I take that for pretty much what it is. His C- uh, Sierra is 3.54. Yeah, all his peripherals are pretty much pointing in the direction that they are pretty much what they say they are. Like, he's he's doing his thing, man. And it seems pretty sustainable according to the advanced metrics. Now, again, I'm going to – I'll let you talk about your next guy, but I'm going to look up while you're doing that. I'm going to look up some of his uh, – maybe see if there's a pitch mix change or something. So you go ahead and you go ahead and do your thing and talk about your next guy that you've been looking at off the waiver wire. Um, now, uh, as far as uh, pitchers go, yeah, another guy that I have, um, you know, been holding on to is uh, Jimmy Nelson. Um, so, you know, Jimmy Nelson, he's scheduled to, I believe, make one more start in uh, AAA. Uh, part of his rehab assignment before possibly getting back into the rotation. So we could see Jimmy Nelson return to the Padres. I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, Brewers um, at, by the end of the month or possibly the very beginning of June. But uh, yeah, he's, he's getting the strikeouts right now. Uh, he, he's looking really good down, down in AAA. He's got a three, seven, seven ERA. He's only, you know, in 14 innings uh, and he's got a 10, uh, 10 K per nine. So um yeah, I mean, Jimmy Nelson is someone who I absolutely loved back in, you know, his breakout season 2017. And, uh, you know, I've just been rooting for the guy. I've been rooting for the guy to make his comeback. And it looks like it's, you know, it's, we're, we're really close, really close to seeing Jimmy Nelson back. So, and I'm a big fan. So um, he's someone who I've been holding on to basically since, you know, at the end of drafts, I was picking, I was picking him. And, uh, you know, if he's out there, I, I'd be picking him up. I was all over Jimmy Nelson. I went on another podcast and was talking about how he's a guy I can't quit. And then he had the setback and then all these injuries happened to me early on the season. I got stuck dropping him. And then I was late to the, I was late to the party as far as picking him up. So of course there's that real quick to touch back on Molly, looking it up. He seems to have dropped his slider or at least not throwing a slider this year. And that's what I mean by dropped it. He's throwing a curve more. 
actually throwing a curve, a curve exclusively as far as a breaking pitch. And I'm not sure if it's just Brooks Baseball's way of changing it, because I'm looking at Brooks Baseball when I look at this. I wonder if they just changed the classification. Maybe it was a slider in their eyes, but now it has more downward drops. So they're calling it a curve. Nonetheless, he's throwing it more. And I think it's – and then, again, add, adding to his uh, curve usage, his changeup usage is remaining the same. He added a cutter, but he, the dude throws a cutter apparently like 1% of the time. But he, he dropped his forcing usage uh, almost 10% a month. Like he went from 70 – in the 70s in April – to the 60s in May, to high 50s right now. And I think that comes with the increased usage of the curveball, and he's learning wherever this pitch, the pitch mix is working for him. Because in the month of May, this curveball is being hit only um, only for a batting average against at 167. Four seamers only has a batting average against at 186. So he's obviously finding success in this new pitch mix, and he's obviously trending towards a more curveball four-seam approach, the curveball being used a fourth of the time. And I think, and again, he's fine. Whatever this mix is doing, he's finding success with these two pitches. The changeup still gets hit pretty well. So obviously, and he's he's throwing it about 14% of the time. So regardless, like I said, he's more of a curveball fastball guy. And right now, the mix is working for him. All the peripherals, as we stated before, are suggesting it's legit. So he's a guy that, again, if you need pitching help, and right now, who doesn't? He's a guy I'm definitely getting. And one last guy I'm going to touch on. That I've added, he was a deeper league guy, but now he's become a uh, mixed league guy. Is Chris Bassett? Chris Bassett, right now, he's on absolute fire, man. I mean, this year, he he just came up what this month, I think, or just got back this month. I should say, not just came up, but just got back this month. And yeah. he, he, yeah, it might have been the end, like the end of April. Um, I know he does, but uh, his first start came. Uh, April 22nd was his first start. So, yeah, he's been up for about a month now. The guy has 32 innings pitched, 38 Ks, sub-2 ERA, sub-1 whip, two wins. He's been absolutely unbelievable. He's he's just – he's only he's only owned in 54% of Yahoo leagues right now. Oh, and Molly – I didn't even mention Molly's ownership percentage, did I? And, oh, and Molly – so Bassett's actually way more owned than Molly. Molly's only owned in 16% of leagues. Both of which are, like I said, both of which are pretty low. Both of which should be pretty available. But I like Bassett more, and I guess the ownership percentage will agree with me, obviously. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, there's uh, no reason really not to right now. He, you know, five starts, and like you said, he's he's been tearing it up. He has um, at least six strikeouts in every start. You know, the last one coming against uh, in Detroit with seven strikeouts, eight innings, and shutting them out. Uh, so, you know, I think he's definitely even twelve team. 12-team mixed leagues, uh, he's he can he can be picked up. Now, obviously, there's regression coming in. His FIP and XFIP still uh, suggest as much. I mean, they, they right now he has a 100% strand rate, so that's going to come down. And his FIP and XFIP are 3.68 and 3.35. So, obviously, but still, and his Sierra is a 3.36. So, obviously, he's obviously going to have regression, but we're still talking about a mid 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 three ERA guy. That's not bad. Again, you can do way worse in today's climate. So he's another guy, like I said, just targeting off the waiver wire, readily available. And do you have any more or did you want to move on? Uh, no, I think we can move on. So that's going to go ahead and cover a waiver wire. We got a little, mo- a little more in depth than I expected to, but hey, that works. 
give you guys some names. Well, we gave some names that are kind of, you know, pretty widely available, even some deeper league guys like Molly and whatnot. So I'm always happy about it. And if you want some more names, we talked a lot about the prospects on the last episode. Those are some of the hotter topic names, obviously. You'll see them talked about in fab shows and whatnot. But I know everybody plays fab. We talked about them in pretty good detail last episode, so I recommend going back and listening to that if you're looking for more names maybe that you're maybe considering in your leagues. But we're going to move on from waiver wire, and we're going to go ahead and just talk a few buy low, sell high guys. Uh, I'll just start it off. One of my buy low guys right now is uh, Michael Conforto, another guy that I was just big on in the preseason, and Every time he gets going, man, it's either like he just I get excited and then something happens. He slowed down the first time. He was getting going again. You know, he was hit, you know, he had a few home runs over the last couple of weeks. He hit three home runs the last two weeks, seven RBIs, has full base over the last two weeks and was hitting 280. And then he decides to get hit in the head by uh Cano in the Robinson field. Cano, yeah. He went he Robinson Cano decided that he wanted to play right field. And you know, with his old age, maybe he's getting dementia, doesn't remember where he plays. <laughs> but, but regardless, he took him out, and now he's on the, he's on the IL, and his ranking is dipped back under the uh, he's back outside the top 100. And I think again, there's another buying opportunity. People get kind of impatient with him, but he shows he you know he keeps showing he keeps flashing that upside of his, and he has that he has a really good uh, plate approach. He's very patient, that plays well in pretty much all categories, and he has a great pop. Uh, power power stroke too and but the big surprise is he's struggling in these stolen bases so if he's gonna get 10 stolen bases this year that's huge for his value because stolen bases are down across the board but regardless wouldn't count on him for those i think he's a solid solid buy low guy right now you might still have to pay more than you typically have to for a buy low guy but he's still get he's still able to somebody you can get for pretty cheap is what i'm saying yeah so. yeah i now, now you know I, I have conforto just about everywhere so it's like, you know, I, I can't go buy low because I already own him. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I own him most places as well. Yeah, and he was hitting the ball. He was really hitting the ball well uh, before he, you know, got the concussion. But he, even when he wasn't, like you said, he was walking a ton. He, he's, yeah, he's even, he really, I mean, as much as I love the guy, he's better in points leagues. And that's not even the format I play in. So in rotor leagues, he's probably even cheaper because he's not the best rotor because his average can fluctuate and if he was a 250 hitter or a 270 hitter it really wouldn't surprise me like either one could is within the realm of possibilities but he's always gonna have like a 350 plus obp because he's just really patient hitter so points leagues he's definitely a guy i would definitely want to go after for sure right now if i can get him for, for even 75 cents on the dollar i'd pay that much you know what i mean like regardless i think again i think he could be had for, the, for a pretty good value right now all things considered with how Maybe people didn't realize he was coming around again before this stupid injury that Cano caused, but I don't know. I believe there's a, still a buy low window there. What about you as far as like a guy you have? Uh, a guy that I've been – that I had been trying to um, possibly buy low on is uh, J.D. Martinez. Um, <laughs> that that <laughs> might be closing. I don't, he's been coming around. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, before this last week, I was, you know, throwing offers out for JD Martinez, possibly someone, um, you know, hadn't been maybe with the thoughts that they weren't getting that first round production that, that they had drafted him for. Um, now, yeah, I mean, with now taking a look at his game logs, he's got 
<clears throat> four home runs in the in the last week. So um, yeah, that window's probably closing. I, I think he's still top five hitter for uh, in the league. So if you can pay, you know, less than that, um, you know, I, I'd try to throw some offers out for for Martinez because uh, I think that power is just going to come and uh, it's going to come big time as the weather heats up. Yeah, it's a great call. See, my guy I want to sell high on, and it's not necessarily that I'm not buying in, is uh, Hyunjin Ryu. Hyunjin Ryu, however you say his name. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a solid pitcher. I really, I mean, he's the fourth ranked pitcher in World Leagues right now. And last year, he was, you know, pretty much just as good, basically. His biggest issue is his health. And I think exactly. it's just a matter of a win, not an if he gets injured. And right now, if you can get top 15 pitcher in return from him, in return for him right now, if you can pair him and go get what appears to be what appears to be a struggling Scherzer, I would go do that. Like, you know what I mean? Because Scherzer right now, last I checked, I have, I have no shares. Last I checked, he was, wasn't doing so well. He's just, he looks, his all stuff looks to be, uh, he looks to be struggling this year. 3.72 ERA, 1.19 whip. Maybe somebody's down on him. Maybe somebody thinks, you know what, this is year it's all falling apart. But his peripherals are all pretty much in line with uh, – uh, sorry. Scherzer's peripherals also just better things are coming. He's the type of guy that you need to go, well, that kind of that kind of transitions into one of my buy lows. And that's Scherzer. So kind of sell high on Ryu, buy low on Scherzer. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you had any more sell highs. I, I wasn't even sure. I, <laughs> this, wasn't really so, this, wasn't, this wasn't part of the plan, but. We're gonna talk sell lows, uh, sell highs. Sorry, we're gonna talk sell yeah, highs. Uh, we're gonna talk buy lows as well. Like I said, Scherzer <laughs> fits that buy low, and I guess I'll just dive into him real quick, and then we'll get back on track. Yeah, Scherzer still has an 11.98 K per nine. His walks are actually down from last year, even though it's slight. It's still down from last year from 2.08 to 1.93. His strand rate, he he has like a, I think he has a career share rate of 76.3. But over the last three years, it's been 79, 81, and 80. Sorry, last four years, 79, 81, 80, and 81. This year's strength at 70.7. So even if he goes back to his career average at 76.3, we're still looking at a big uh, strand rate improvement. His ground ball percentage is actually up from last year. His home run to fly ball percentage is actually right in line with 2017 at 10.5% versus – and last year. Last year it was, you know, 9.7%, but we're still talking – his home run percentage is still – Roughly career average, his career average is 10.2%. So ERA of 3.75, but the big indicators are his FIP and XFIP at 2.45 and 2.89. They're almost a full, I mean, heck, the XFIP, I mean, the, the FIP is more than a full run lower. The XFIP is almost a full run lower. And that Sierra number of his is a 2.95. So regardless, every indicator suggests he's a sub three ERA guy. There's yeah. a lot of bad, there's a, there's a lot of bad luck his way. He's a great buy low guy. And Ryu, again, Ryu, I think, is legit to a point. But I think this is a great time to go out and take him. At the very least, pair him with somebody to go get him extras. Or, or heck, you might – I mean, I, I've seen crazier things. I don't want to say you can get Scherzer for Ryu, but I've seen crazier, dumber things done. I would definitely – I wouldn't ever start that low. I would definitely aim – I would definitely come with Ryu paired with something. But Ryu is a great sell high. Scherzer is a great buy low. And that might be a perfect marriage made in heaven. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you look at Scherzer's game log, and it looks like he's just been unlucky as far as uh, wins and losses go. Last couple, uh, you know, last couple outings, he's taken the loss. You know, he's given up two runs, one run. So, you know, you're right. You know, everything looks like you know he's just been getting a bit unlucky this year. Exactly. So, I got off a little bit of a tangent, and I cover all my buy lows already. But did you want to go back to? We can jump back to sell highs because I still have one more guy. So if you want to go ahead and jump into one of your next sell highs or buy yeah. low, you know, whatever you want, sell low, sell low, buy high, I don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, just um, one guy that I'm looking to sell high on right now is uh, actually Mike Soroka. Uh, now, yeah, Soroka has been phenomenal this season, you know, in, in his time. I think he's made like six starts now. Um, you know, he's got a sub one ERA and today – you know, he, you know, is out there. I think he's gone eight innings now, given up two hits, one run uh, against the Giants. So, you know, Soroka has been has been phenomenal. But um, you know, you look at the you look at the underlying numbers. They don't now. He's a he's a great pitcher. You know, two point eight eight FIP, um, three point nine nine x FIPs. I mean, I'm sorry, three point nine five x FIPs. So there's going to be regression coming. And for, for me, the biggest part of, you know, calling him a sell, sell high right now is I, I just don't think that uh, – I, I don't think he's going to pitch the whole season. I, I think he's, he's probably going to be on a, on a limit, um, you know, because he, he only pitched, I think uh, I'm looking at right now, uh, 55, about 55, 57 innings last season. Um, the most he's pitched back in 2017, uh, 153. Uh, you know, and then, you know, he had the shoulder the – shoulder, uh, issue uh, you know that got him off to a late start this season so I just don't trust that he's going to be pitching you know too deep into the season um, and you know with with as good as he has looked so far I think if you can get a top 20 pitcher top 20 yeah about top 20 pitcher um, I'm I'm trying to make that move right now I'm throwing feelers out there um, you know letting letting my leagues know you know if anyone's interested in Soroka and seeing, you know, what I can get for him right now. Yeah. And like I said, I have one more sell high and I want to buy, I really want to buy high on him, but I know better. And I think I just root for him because he's a fun player to watch, but it's Joey Gallo. The guy yeah. right now, he's hitting 277 with a 411 OBP. His batting average has never, as far as major league goes, he's never hit over 209. <laughs> now, I think this might be the year he's actually going to hit close to 250. And if that's the case, huge draft day bargain. He's going to hit you 40 home runs. He's done it the last two years. He's, he, with this juice ball, his hard hit rate right now is 60%. That is absurd and unbelievably ridiculous. Exit below, his average exit below is 96%. 96% and he's barreling the ball five percent more from the last two years from twenty two percent to twenty seven percent. He's ridiculous. With that said, he is still his expected batting average is two sixty. So that's only seventeen point difference. And it suggests some legit legitimacy to it. But I think right now he's ranked like twentieth in in Roto Leagues. If you could take him right now and go ahead and flip him for our JD Martinez like you said or something, or pair him to go get somebody like that, I would do it. Right now, I mean, right now, Harper is struggling. He's, he's showing life lately. But, you know, for him, hitting 233, he's showing life over the last week. But, I mean, I, 
again, you're taking a guy, and people like to, at this point, it's beyond sample size. Like, sample size is real now. You're taking a guy for a quarter of the year performing at his ceiling as far as batting averages goes, and you, if you take those numbers, and people, a lot of people just look at surface numbers, I think you can really get a good return on a Joey Gallo right now. And the name is there. People always knew about the upside. And maybe people think, well, this is the year. And I think this is the year, but I think realistically, even though his expected average is 260, I think I think 250 is still more realistic. And But still, nonetheless, again, that's a great year from him. And you're going to get the power production to match. But I rather, if I can flip him for a big name or pair him go after a really big name right now, a top two-round guy, I would. Yeah, yeah. Now, the – Probably the the name in, that's fallen the farthest in the first two rounds. Would you trade him for Jose Ramirez? Oh, I, of course. I'll, well, I want to say yes. <laughs> I'm going <Right>. to say yes. <laughs> I'm going to know because if we were drafting today, I would still take Jose Ramirez before him. I think right. the name. I think the name that gets difficult, as crazy as it sounds, I would still do this trade. But for me, it gets more difficult. Is Paul Goldschmidt? Okay, yeah. That's the name that I have our time. Again, I would still do that trade. But it would not surprise me if, because we're talking about right now, Goldschmidt's not even hitting 250 on the year, I don't think. And uh, which I don't expect that to sustain because he's, you know, even last year with his bad start, he hit 290. So, yeah, yeah, I think he hit like 330, 340 uh, from, you know, mid May on. So I think Goldschmidt's just too good of a hitter to be hitting 260 all, all year. So, yeah, I, I agree. I'm right on board with you there. If I, if I can do that, I would. But and that wouldn't surprise me because again, Goldschmidt, a little older now, different park, not the best hitters park. It's kind of, but maybe that plays into another buy low opportunity. <laughs> like I just without even trying, I'm just running into these buy low opportunities. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And and if you look at Goldschmidt's numbers uh, last season, uh, you know the the changes in at Chase Field absolutely affected him. Uh, you know, he had much better numbers on the road. So I think definitely, you know, uh, as far as Goldschmidt goes, I think that he's an excellent call for buy low. I don't, I'm actually looking at, again, he wasn't part of my buy low at all, but I looked at, I'm looking into his, some of his stats and it, it's a little concerning. There's reason for concern with Goldschmidt. Maybe we have to, we should say this for another day, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. His hard hit rate da- is down in a year where everybody's hard hit rate is up. It's down 3%. From the 43% for 43.8 to 40.3. His expected batting average is right on point with his actual batting average, both of which are at 254. He his exit velocity is down almost is actually down one mile per hour. His barrel rate is down 2.3 mile, uh 2.3%, 2.3%. Sorry. He's his launch angle is slightly down, which it's still within his normal launch angles. So that's not too concerning, but those numbers are kind of odd, being that the ball seems to be juiced right now. It's just – I'm not saying it's huge reason for concern, but it's definitely a reason – it's definitely something to look out for because he's not – the underlying numbers suggest what he's doing right now essentially is what he should be doing. He's not overperforming. He's not – I mean, he's not underperforming. And it's – again, huh? Not as I just think – I, yeah. I think with him, you bank on track record, you bank on – Exactly. You know who he is by now? I think the steals are pretty much done. I think he's not stealing anymore, which hurts his value for sure. Right. As far as Roto goes, but points leagues, he's definitely a guy to go after. I think he's still buy low, but I think right now, like I said, the underlying numbers suggest 
maybe you, sh you should temper your expectations, but I, I still have a hard time even – this is when I get hard – this is when I have a hard time with advanced stats versus, like, my beliefs. Right. You, take, you take a guy with his track record. He's only 31. 31 is not that old. You take a guy with his track record. You know what he is. You know who he is. And – Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think, you know, he's just – He's too good of a hitter. If you turn back the calendar one year and you look at his advanced stats, you know, uh, May 20th, 2018, you know, what, what do you think they would look like? And then, you know, how did they look the rest of the season? You know, I just think, you know, he has too much of a good, you know, track record to really, you know, these, these numbers that he's put up so far this season, I, I think I'm not worried at all one bit. And if I can get, if I can get Goldschmidt, um, yeah, especially in points leagues, because like you said, I think the, the steals have just completely dried up. I, I, I don't see him stealing any more than maybe, maybe five bases um, the rest of the season. So um, yeah, especially in points leagues, if I can go out and try to make some offers and see what the Goldschmidt owner is selling for, I, I would go ahead and do that. No. Well, again, wasn't even trying to be by low, but I guess I'm good. Do you have any uh, any by lows that you want to talk about? Um, no, I mean, I, I guess circling back over to um, Jose Barrios, you know, last couple outings have been duds. You know, the Twins put up, you know, uh, gave him, uh, spotted him 15 runs, and he, and he couldn't pick up the win. Um, now, a couple of those hits were kind of lucky um you know Encarnacion poked two hits you know uh, against the shift uh, now you know if it was right where a second the second baseman should should have been um so I'm not really you know I'm not really too concerned uh I I still think Barrios is definitely um inside the top 20 top 20 pitcher so you know if if someone's, you know, if a Barrios owner is getting a little concerned because the last two outings have, haven't been so great, you know, four runs against Seattle, uh, five uh, against the, the Angels, you know, of all teams, uh, I would, I'd go out and see, uh, see if you can, if you can get Barrios, uh, maybe even offer, you know, Soroka, if you can sell Soroka and, and get Barrios, I would do that. Maybe Soroka and, and someone else who maybe has been a little consistent, but not spectacular, uh, you know, like a Mike Miner, uh, I, I would go ahead and, and try to try to pick up Barrios. I'm I'm not a huge Barrios guy, so I'm I'll let everybody else buy low on him. Not that I'm against it. I'm just don't know why, man. I think it's I don't know. I I have no reason. <laughs> I have no reason. I just just never been a Barrios guy. I don't know. I'm probably gonna be wrong on that one. But, hey, so sometimes you got to play that game like this game like this. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut, uh, you know, and, and, and you can't always, you know, go by the numbers. Sometimes you do just – sometimes you just got your guys. Sometimes you got your guys that you just fade, and you, even if you don't know exactly why, you just you – know, you, you go with your instinct. You know what? On the fly here, there's a guy I've just been wrong about. Speaking of guys, I just – I fade. Yeah, and it's really bothering me. It's it's Mondesi, Alberto Mondesi. Oh God, yeah. I've been fading him, and I've been looking stupid. I'm and I'm right there with you. <laughs> His K rate is exactly the same as last year, twenty six point five percent. His bad whip is three fifty six, which isn't terribly hard to believe he can sustain, especially with his speed. Yeah, he's hitting two eighty average, but his walk rate 
as crazy as it sounds, it went from 3.8% to 5.9%. So he's almost walking almost double the, almost the double the amount of time. So that getting on base that much more is huge for, for somebody with his speed profile. His plate discipline, let's look that up real quick. Yeah, see, I still don't understand it. His O swing is up from last year. <laughs> it's at 41.1%. Are you kidding me? His O contact is up from last year, so it would induce weak contact. His Z contact is the same. His his swinging strike rate is about the same at 18%. I just don't understand. Oh, sorry, his O contact is up to 51.7% from last year. This guy's he's he's an anomaly. He's reminding me of a Javi Baez, like a guy that he he's outperforming his under his underlying peripherals. Just his aggressive nature just doesn't – I don't understand it. I still can't buy in. And he's proven me wrong, and his steals are super valuable in rotor leagues, and he's not killing you in average like he was supposed to. Yeah. And I mean, let's see. Steals already, you know. And, and he's – and even in points leagues, you know, extra base hitting machine. And sometimes there's just guys like this that – you, they're are going to outperform their their peripherals and their performance is going to say one thing and their underlying numbers are going to say another yeah like I, that's the thing it goes back to his hard hit again when everyone hard, everyone's hard hit rate is up his is down four four percent that's huge because again he's swinging he's chasing more he's swinging it, he's making more contact outside the zone that makes for weaker contact that explains why his bat is so high because i bet you he beats out a ton of those ground balls um, his batting average is 280. His expected batting average is 251. <laughs> like, you're talking about a guy who has been, it's, it's driving me crazy. If it wasn't for his steals, he wouldn't be relevant. Like, it's pissing me off. I, I don't, I, I refuse to be wrong about him because when you pull up his stat cast sheet, other than sprint speed, he is below average or really bad in like every other category. Hard hit rate, he's 23rd percentile. His exit velocity is 34th percentile, 45th percentile for ex- ex- expected batting average. Like, he's below average in everything but sprint speed where he's 100 percentile. So he's the fastest guy in the league, essentially. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't buy into that. I, I just can't. I, I, I'm wrong. I'm willing to be wrong. I've been wrong, and I'm willing to be wrong the rest of the year. I'm probably going into the next year. Because I guarantee you, if he carries this, he might have a slow second half, but people are going to buy the hype again. He'll be boosted into the top two rounds because of his power, because of his speed, basically, like a Trey Turner type with less power or less consistent power, I should say. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's really aggravating. I'm I'm definitely gonna be out next year, but I'm willing to be wrong with a guy with this bang with this profile. So I just had to vent. I get I get I get on these random venting vents with him. He just <laughs> he drives me crazy, and I don't understand it, man. So actually, you know what? This transitions because. Our next segment is, are you buying it? And Mondesi wasn't on there, but he could have been on there. And because he's like a top five player in fantasy, he's been like, he's been hot. He has like 17 steals on the year. No, I'm not buying it. I'm buy, I buy the speed. If you need the speed, he's a must-have guy, obviously. Go out and get him if you really need him. His price might be too high right now, so I probably wouldn't even bother. But other than the speed, I'm not buying any of it. The power's down, or appears to be down. His value average is 30 points higher than it should be. No. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not buying it. I I really would not be surprised if he's one of those guys that, like like a Jesus Aguilar, just has that. Which one was it? Jesus had the he had the he had the first big big first half last year. Fell out the second half. 
I believe that was Aguilar last year. I think Mondesi might go down that type of road. His speed will save him, but to what extent, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's a good point. He's probably going to go through a stretch like that, um, given his plate discipline. And all his underlying – all the underlying stuff other than that as well, like and the expected uh, expected stuff, yeah, no, I'm not buying it. But the next guy on this list of are you buying it, uh, Chris Bryant. He's been absolutely Chris Bryant again. It's been nice. Are you buying it? Are you buying Chris Bryant is back? Oh, man. It, it's just – he got off to that slow start, and, and you just wondered – about that shoulder you wondered about the injury you know if he should have gotten surgery and I mean his performance lately and given his pedigree and his talent level I feel like you kind of have to buy it uh, as far you know in my opinion Um, so I think I think I am buying it I'm with you he was on my he actually was on my the price is right episode meaning because of everything baked in, he should have been drafted where he was drafted, but he had this upside basically, and he's yeah. hitting on the upside right now. And Bryant, when healthy, I think this is who he is. I think he's a 30 home run guy or close to it. He's never going to hurt him batting average. He sprinkles in a few steals here and there. I mean, of course he's 0 for 5 tonight, but <laughs> but in all in all seriousness – I think he's healthy. He had 10 home runs over the last month. He had three the other night in one game. Yeah, he had three in one game, and he went through a stretch of, of four and five games um, to start the month. So, you know, he's, you know, beginning in May, he just turned it on. Um, so, I mean, I mean I, I'm, I'm buying it. I think if you held on uh, to Brian, you know, like you said, his, his price was right. I, I think he's giving you that value right now that he's turning it around. All right, and if you so if we drafted today, let's give you some names. Let's give us some names here, shall we? Would you take Harper or Bryant? Oh man, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm torn on this one too, honestly. That that is a good one. It is a good one. I I want to say um that I'd still take Harper. Oh man, I'm I'm the Harp. I was the Harper guy. Yeah. Um, I think right now I take Bryant. Not and that's not saying I'm that down on Harper. That's how much that's how much I'm buying back into Bryant. I think yeah. Harper would still be in my first. Harper's still a top two round guy, but now Bryant is definitely fringe. Like he's close to my top fifteen. I think Harper's sitting outside my top fifteen right now. If I had to read, if I had to look at it again. Which, yeah, I agree. For so for me, it would be Bryant. But like, I don't know. Like if I could offer that, I think I would take the trade right now if I was offered it too. But I think Bryant for me is. Ahead of his head of Harper. Fine. Bryant, Bryant or Machado? I know my answer for this one. Oh, man. I, I think I'm going to take Bryant. Oh, me too. I already, a buddy of mine called me crazy. And then Bryant, this is before the Bryant big home run game. And I don't I'm, think it's crazy. I'm a little vindicated. Well, it was a couple, it was like a week or two ago. So I'm a little vindicated now so yeah. far. Obviously, it's only been a couple of weeks, but um, one more. Let's find another. Um, I, I got one for you. Uh, Bryant or Rendon? Oh, Bryant. Rendon's yeah. – yeah, Rendon has I, – I would take Rendon over Goldschmidt right now, just to give you an idea of how high I am on Rendon. Mm-hmm. But I think Bryant is still, ahead of, is still ahead of Rendon because Rendon has the higher floor. Bryant has a high floor too. But we've seen Bryant with the 40-home run MVP season. 
Yeah. You know, I don't think Rendon has that ceiling. So I think that's the difference. When you have two players with such high floors, we have one with that high of a ceiling. Brian or Soto? Bryant. Brian or Blackman? Bryant. Okay, I'm not arguing with you because we're on the same page. Brian or Benintendi? I'm just not a huge Benintendi guy. Fair enough. Brian or Freeman? Ooh. Uh, I think I'm gonna go Freeman. Me too. I think it's right. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's, where, that's where. That's where. Yeah, I think that's where I I stopped there. But we're, oh, last one. Sorry, I did find one more. Uh, Bryant or Judge? Oh man, it, that's so hard to say right now because of Judge's injury. I think Judge healthy still. Judge Judge healthy, yes. Judge healthy, I, I'm taking Judge. But if you were a Judge owner, you're fifth place, sixth place. Someone offers you Bryant for him, you got to take it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If, if someone yeah, offers that, you Bryant for Judge uh, um, right now, yeah, that felt, I'm taking that. That felt stupid. That was a dumb question. Of course, you got to take that. <laughs> Like, who am I kidding? Judge is out for who knows how long. Yeah, no, I, I know he did start um, running. Some, some <laughs> running and building, throwing. I believe. Throwing. It says throwing. Running and throwing. So, I mean, but he's still not swinging a bat. So, you don't know when he's coming back. Okay, I lied. Last one, seriously. Brian or Altuve? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm personally going to lean Altuve still because of the steals upside. Yeah. Now, he hasn't really ran this season no one's the floor mine um but i think i still want to lean altuve um now i know he steals <laughs> yeah yeah um i think i'm gonna still take altuve there oh, man i want to say what well, i lied okay one more again uh jose, <laughs> jose ramirez now i think this is more about ramirez falling to that range at this yes, point that's what that's what i'm getting at I have Ramirez. I I've been on this Ramirez as a fringe second round guy for me. Yeah. And I think and I think if it wasn't for the steals, he wouldn't even be there for me. Absolutely. You know, Ramirez has been so frustrating because you don't even know what's going on. You feel like maybe it's just getting into his head at this point. Um, I've got nothing. Yeah. I can't help you there. But I think I'm taking Bryant. I think I'm taking Bryant over Ramirez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I'm. I think I would do that in a points league. I would do that. Even in a road league, unless I really needed steals, if I like, if I if if, he, if Ramirez is the reason why I'm holding on to steals in a road league, I'm keeping uh, Ramirez. But otherwise, it's Bryant. It's really like if it's all things all things being equal, no like no need based reasoning behind the trade. Just straight up, I think Bryant over Ramirez. I think in a in a road league, I'm still taking Ramirez, and I'm pretty sold on that i think i just don't <laughs> you also are confident though right <laughs> i just i just don't think ramirez is going to be hitting sub 200 all season I, I think he'll i think he'll heat up i think he'll come around and i don't see a reason why he's he would stop running you know i think he could steal 30 plus bases regardless oh um, I, i'm i'm with you that's why i said all things being equal if you if it's need based i'm keeping they would be I really need to update my rankings and put out like an updated rankings because they would probably be back to back or within two or three picks of each other. I'm, I'm right just, there with you. I'm pick. I, it's more or less like for them if between those two, it would be it would be need based for me. Yeah. But I'm again, okay, I'm trying to trying to say like if I had just all things being equal, I think I would have Bryant just up ahead of him because Bryant is showing he's back, and Ramirez is not. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> There's no indications it's going to turn around. 
I, I wish, I wish there was, I really do. I need some hope right now with Ramirez. Ramirez, you know, I, and the only leagues I, I got him in are the leagues where I was drafting the weekend before opening day. And, <laughs> you know, he was, he had gotten hurt. I think he, yeah, he took that uh, foul ball off his ankle. Yeah. So, yeah. He was falling. Walk. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I, I was getting him in the back of the first, that was only that was the only way I was taking him is getting him there, um, you know, in the late first. And so and now I'm just like, gosh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. I'm glad I don't have that headache. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, he, he's a, he's a buy low still, and he's gonna remain one until he gets going. So absolutely, he's probably the biggest buy low right now, without question. I just felt like he was too obvious to include, to be honest. He is. He's he's obvious, you know. Uh, he's an obvious buy low. Oh, we can move on from Brian. We I kept saying one more, one more, but I really am done. Talk about Brian. <laughs> so, are you buying? And if so, how much? But are you buying into Domingo Herman? Uh, I I think I am buying into Herman. Now, I don't think I, I think you know he's ranked in what the top fifteen right now. Yeah, I think it was like fourteenth or something. Now, I, I don't think I'm buying him as a top 14 pitcher, um, talent-wise. Now, just based on the schedule and, and the team context, I think it's possible he could finish there. So, in that sense, I think I am buying it. Herman was a guy that I, I, I liked coming into the season. Now, I, I like him as, like, maybe, you know, top 25. Yeah, I think he's, like, fringe top 25, maybe 20 to 25 I would, I would have him in. Um, but uh, top 15... I don't think so. So, you know, I'm looking at his numbers now. He's just, yeah, he's been phenomenal. 9.3 K per nine, uh, 2.5 ERA. Uh, He's got eight wins, eight and one on the season so far. And that's Uh, good. That carries, that's a big deal in fantasy. It is. And that's with a bad Yankees team. Yeah. Now, this is where I heed, okay, so you see top 25, Domingo Herman or Caleb Smith? You're just giving me two guys that I absolutely love. Uh-huh. And <laughs> that's tough. Um, and they're uh, both about the same. If I had to rank them, they'd both be about the same area right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I would, independent of team context, I, I like Smith. Um, I, I like his skills. I, you know, like the strikeouts, uh, the strikeout upside of Smith. I, I think, you know, Herman's got the upside too, but I think Smith has just got, you know, ace kind of stuff. I just don't like the team context at all. I, I think if I had to choose right now uh, for the rest of the season, I might lean Herman just because of uh, of the wins that are going to be there. I would lean Smith. And I, my big thing is I'm looking at Herman and I'm buying into he, – he's must-own, must-start guy. There's no doubt there. But this, there are some, you know, there are some red flags. You know, his FIP and XFIP, his FIP is – 2.96. His ERA is 2.5, but his FIP is 2.96. His XFIP is 3.85, which is a, almost a full run and a half higher. His Sierra, where is that? I gotta find it again. His Sierra is 3.87. These are all indicators suggesting he's pretty much been a run or a run plus luckier than he should be. And you have to remember, it is Yankee Stadium. The weather is warming up. There's that home run fly ball rate. Is only 7.7%. His strand rate is his strand rate is actually sustainable at 75%. So regardless, I'm expecting unfortunately a few more a few more a few more of those doubles or fly balls to get over those 
a short porch over there in right field. I'm expecting some regression, and it's not because of his skills. It's because a lot of it's park context. A lot of it's there are again some of the luck, some of the luck factor. Yeah. I just I think it's gonna. I think he's a good sell. He should have made this all high area because he's a great sell high right now. But you better sell really high because I think again he's. He's legitimate. I think he's legitimate to a point, but I, I'm not as sold as others are on him. Yeah. Now, if you want to throw a couple of names uh, as far as like, would you rather um, Herman or Jack Flaherty? Ooh, I think I'd still go Flaherty. <laughs> I wasn't. I, my thing is, is I wasn't buying Flaherty's price in the preseason. Yeah. But the guy is. I think he's pitched against the Brewers like four times. And the Brewers just continue to crush him. But he's a guy that maybe, you know what? Maybe I go Herman. I'm just looking at Flaherty and his K per nine went down last year, uh, almost a full K. Actually, went down over a K in inning. I mean, over a K per nine. His walk rate is about the same. His home run to fly ball has gone up. His home run per nine has gone up. Home run to fly ball has gone up, obviously. ERA is 4.19. And FIP is 4.29. XFIP is 3.88. Like, Sierra is 4.05. Everything suggests this is kind of who he is. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, oh, that's a tough one. I was a Flaherty guy. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. I, I think I still have to take Flaherty because I just think he's going to – I think he's going to push it to another level this, uh, you know, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I still take Flaherty, but would you – but if you're if – you're, if you're a Herman owner, do you feel comfortable giving Herman up for that? Like, is it one of those you keep whichever one you have? <laughs> and, like, or if would you actually go out and make that trade? If you're the Herman owner, would you take Flaherty for him? I think I would. I think I would. If I have Herman right now, I think I would trade him for Flaherty. I, I think I'm with you. I, I'm not ready to give up on Herman. I mean, on Flaherty. I mean, his strain rate is even – there's no, there's no positive regression there. It's still, it's the same five point eight percent. It's a pretty good. That's a pretty, you know, league average strand rate. His ground ball rate, probably his biggest problem. I'd say his ground ball rate is down like five percent or four percent. So he needs to get more of those ground balls. And I, I don't know. I want to believe in it. His K per nine's down. He's got a. I think he has better days ahead of him though. I mean, he's had some tough. He's had a pretty tough schedule. So. Yeah. I'm hoping that plays into it. Some of the other things, I mean, just real quick looking into him, his O swing is down, so he's getting less chases on the ball, uh, less, less chases on his pitches. Swing percentage as a whole is down. People, there's more contact, more contact, contact percentage in general is up. His swinging strike rate is down. That's these are all indicators suggesting he's kind of earning what he's doing. Now it comes into, like you said, you just it's your general belief. And I'm kind of with you that I still think we've seen his upside last year. And I think we got to kind of bank on that and believe in that. So that's Flaherty. Oh, sorry. Actually, that was we talked about Herman and Flaherty. So it's Herman and Flaherty. And we're going to go ahead and jump into our last, If you are we buying? And it's one of my guys. I don't know if he was actually one of my guys, but he was a sleeper of mine. And I thought it was kind of bold when I – talked him up in the preseason I called him I think I said he had top 12 first base upside and at the time I was really bold because he was going I think as like the 26th first baseman off the board but that's Josh Bell man I love this guy 
I yeah. I've been I've been I've been telling people to buy uh, to get him on their teams since oh it's been like a month now, and he's still only only like mid eighty percent ownership in Yahoo leagues. And the guy has fourteen home runs, forty four RBIs, thirty one runs. He's hitting three thirty three with a four hundred four uh, on base and a six ninety seven slugging. Now the slugging percentage is going to regress. The OBP will regress, but not that much. He's always been a high on base guy. His batting average, yeah, that's high, three thirty three. I'm not expecting that to sustain, but man, he's 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 obviously taking his game to, to a new level. His walk rate is a little down from last year, from three thirteen point two percent to ten point six percent, and his K rate is up. Yeah, but, and I think that's just him being a little more aggressive and, and put getting that you know the ball out out of the park. Yes, and I mean if you look at his hard his hard hit, this is the big one. His hard hit percentage. And it kind of goes hand in hand. His hard hit percentage is up. Not only is it up from last year, but it's up as a whole. It's up 18 <laughs> yeah. percent, basically. It's up from 33.8 percent last year to 52.4 percent. Medium contact is a little down, and soft contact is way down. But it's all because it's all going to hard contact. He's pulling the ball the most since 2017 when he had that mini breakout when he hit those mid 20 home runs. And this year with the juice ball, he doesn't have to hit. He doesn't have to hit the ball. Um, he doesn't have to pull as much, but he's still pulling the ball more from last year to this year, 33% to 40%. And you're seeing the results, man. The line drive rate, that's huge too. It's up 23%. That's like an elite level line drive rate almost. It is 23% that you want to see that. Yeah. That's, that's up, that's up 5% from 19% last year. His ground balls have gone down. He's just, everything is suggesting all this is real, at least to a point. Yeah, yeah, because he's someone whose profile has kind of fluctuated. You know, he, he looked like, a, was he a power hitter? Was he a contact hitter? And I think this season, he's just kind of putting it all together. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, like you said, he's got the, the more, the higher fly ball rate, the hard hit percentage. It, it just looks like he's kind of found that balance. He's putting it all together. Um, and I, I'm with you. I think I'm buying it. I'm absolutely buying, buying Bell as, um, you know, you call him a top 12 hitter. I think he can be well within that top 12 um you know his his stat his uh advanced metrics the stat cast is just off the charts you know everything's in the 99th 98th percentile um so it's just it, it looks like he's just figured it out and, and putting it all together right now he, he's gone through stretches like this before but nothing that for this long and, and has been sustained for this far you know so i think uh i think we could be looking at a career year here for josh bell and again, some of that walk, some of his, like you were saying, the walks, all that's, I think, again, that's by, um, that's by design. He's being more aggressive at the plate. And because I think he's just taking advantage of the pitches he's seeing. He's swinging. And that's the thing. You look at some of like some of those plate discipline metrics, his O swing, even with all these like, extra strikeouts, it's because it's not because he's chasing more, not by a lot. His O swing only went up from, only went up 1.1% from last year, from 26.7 to 27.8. Which is right, still yeah. really, which is still a really good O swing. The big difference is is his the which, Z swing. Yeah, Z swing is a really big difference. Now, for people that don't know, O swing is for as swing is basically swinging outside the zone, chasing. It's a chase rate. It's um the amount of time, it's the percentage that they swing outside the zone. Like, I think I just said that. <laughs> um, Z swing is zone swing, meaning how much they swing at pitches inside the zone. And the, typically, he sits sixty six percent, sixty seven percent, career high seventy percent in twenty sixteen. This year, it's up. 10% from last year, or 11% from last year almost. 
from 67.8 to 78.3. It shows that he's swinging at more pitches in the zone while not chasing much more outside the zone, which is fantastic. So he's, he's missing more in the zone as well. So I guess those borderline pitches that he normally would lay off of is what I'm guessing, kind of what I'm getting at. Maybe some of those pitches that are kind of nipping the corners, he's swinging at versus letting him go. Maybe he would have got the call for a ball there. But regardless, it's it's minimal change in approach as far as, like, you know, his, exactly. his, his patience is still there. He's being selective of what pitches he swings at, but he's just swinging at more strikes. That's all. Yeah, the difference in, in the zone contact percentage is – much smaller than the difference between the zone swing percentage. So like you said, yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's swinging at more pitches in the zone and making that, still making that contact. And, he's, and it's, it's good contact too. I mean, his barrel rate, like you were saying, you look at the advanced stats, Josh Bell we're talking about here, his uh, barrel rate is up. His expected batting average is basically in line with what it is right now. And I don't think he sustains a 300 batting average, but I mean, maybe it's, it's again, it's suggested that he does, but, He's a great sell high, but the problem is I'm actually buying high. Yeah. Like I'm like and I I'm a big Conforto guy, but I would take Josh Bell over Conforto right now. And that says a lot about how much I love Josh Bell. I don't know. I was high on both those guys. Josh Bell's a sleeper of mine. But I don't know if I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I'd rather have Josh Bell over Conforto right now. Let's think about let's see what other names. Um, yeah. Now uh if if we are looking at other first basemen, would you take uh Josh Bell or Jose Abreu? Ooh, Brave's been doing very well himself. I think, I think I go Josh Bell because I think I go with the low. When it's, when it's for me, when it's that close, I look at youth being a difference, a difference, a change, a change, a different thing. I look at youth. I look at potential breakout, and I think Josh Bell might be having that year this year. A Braves yeah. wrong side of thirty. Um, I expect him to be traded, so maybe he gets traded to a contender. But right now, I take Josh Bell. But I have a good one. I have a good one, and I wish Zach was here for it. Yeah. But Josh Bell or Peter Alonzo? Oh man, I, I knew this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, that's man. You know, I love Peter Alonzo, um, but I just think, I think I gotta go Josh Bell at this point. Just the profile, the contact—it's all there right now. Um, uh, I'm, you're not crazy. I'm with you. I do, but this speaks on how high we are on Josh Bell versus because Pete Alonso would probably be in my top seven first baseman right now. Yeah, <laughs> and Josh Bell is right there too. And I think the difference for me because Pete Alonso, Pete Alonso, sorry, it's Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso gives you a little bit. He gives you the power upside for sure. Bell's obviously flashing the power, but I think at the end of the day, Pete probably gets more home runs, but Bell gives you that batting average. So I think when you're looking at a few less home runs, I'll take a few less home runs for for. I don't know, probably close to 50, anywhere from 30 to 50 points in batting average, I'd say, give or take. Yeah. And that's the difference. That's where the difference comes in for me. But yeah, I'm right with you, man. I, I, they're, they're right there back to back for me. You would um, still, would you still take Hoskins over both of them? Oh, man. Um, that, that depends on league format, I think, for me. Um, I think Hoskins and Alonzo are going to be, uh, you know, more compare more comparable. I think uh, I just trust trust the batting average for Josh Bell. If it's an average league, I think I'm going to go ahead and take Bell. Oh, uh, I don't think I'm ready to make take him over Hoskins. I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just the name thing. I I love Josh Bell. I I, I couldn't. I don't think I could take him over Hoskins. I think it would be Hoskins Bell Alonzo for me in that order. Hoskins, but yeah. I mean, yeah. 
that's because I think again it's it's the name, the lineup's better. I expect, but again, like you said, points leagues. Hoskins has the similar OBP with the better power upside and the better team around him. So points leagues, I would definitely take Hoskins. Roto, I still lean Hoskins, but Bell. It's really hard because again, Bell gives you that batting average. Yeah, and if you can maybe if you can go ahead and if the difference is not if you don't feel the difference is going to be that much, maybe you can turn uh, Reese Hoskins into like a Josh Bell and something else. Mm, that would be awesome. Yeah. Josh Bell, oh, I don't think this is too – for me it's not difficult, but Josh Bell or Anthony Rizzo? Uh, I'm still taking Rizzo. Yeah. I don't think that was difficult, but I'm looking at Rizzo's numbers, and some people might look at – again, people look at surface numbers, and they don't realize, like, how well Rizzo's been doing lately. Yeah. And I think he had home run tonight or yesterday again, so he's like he just got back off the IL, so – or was it – I don't know if he went on the IL, but he was definitely out for a few games. Yeah, I think he had like back. Uh, is a back problem. Back tightness. I think I want to. I don't know. All these injuries start meshing together, man. I, I have a hard time, but the fact that we have Josh Bell this high, it's hard to really. The would you rather's at this point. I think we, like, obviously, goal. I feel like it's obvious for me that Goldschmidt is still above him. Um, Carpenter, <laughs> Matt, Matt Carpenter, or Josh Bell. Oh man. Um... <laughs> I, I think I think I'm ready to put Bell in there. I think I'm with you, Carpenter. I expect he he again great by low guy because I think the better, better I think better days are ahead for him. Yeah, but I think but I think ultimately I'd rather have Josh Bell right now. Yeah, uh, I, I think for me, you know, that you got the top three with Bellinger, Freeman, Rizzo, Goldschmidt, and then you got that next batch of like Hoskins, uh, Alonzo, Bell, Abreu, um, you know probably put Carpenter um, in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Gallo, Gallo would be in there too now. Oh, man. I, it, it pains me to not mention Joey Votto yet. It's... Votto's done. I mean, yeah. he's, a, he's a second half guy. But, the dude, he's hitting 208 right now. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, 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 it's crazy because he has one of the best hit tools, if not the best hit tool, like not the best of all time, but it's definitely up there. He, he hit his first career – uh, pop-up this year career yeah. pop-up <laughs> I just uh, but yeah as far as fantasy goes he's still I think he'd be close to top 15 but obviously Bell I would take Bell over Votto and that's yeah. not even close for me I agree it's just yeah it, it's hard I don't know if Matt Olson's really even in that discussion I'm just looking at names and yeah so we're pretty high on I'd say we're pretty high on Josh Bell, but there's good reason for it, and it seems somewhat sustainable for the most part. So, yeah, I think on that note, it's a good time to call it quits for the night. Uh, a little tired. Um, yeah. <laughs> again, guys, as always, we appreciate you listening, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. I'm Mike Curlin at Mike underscore Curlin. He's George Montanez at J Montanez ninety. We have our IG page now. We have a Twitter for the Bases Loaded podcast at Bases Loaded Pod. We're constantly coming at you. We're still looking for writers for fantasy football, for fantasy baseball at the FSGN. It's Fantasy Sports and Gaming Network. Nonetheless, we put out articles pretty frequently and uh, obviously the podcast. And we're always looking for, for people to come and join us. So if you're interested in joining our team, please reach out. But until then, guys, um, obviously leave a review and uh, rating on iTunes if you can. We really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. 